This is The First Time, Chirp Radio's live storytelling and music series. Every show, we invite a group of storytellers to talk about different firsts and pick a song to go with it. This show's theme was First Family, recorded at Martyrs in Chicago's North Center with music by The First Time 3. Here's your host, Jen Sedini. Next up is lead singer of Smoking Popes, Josh Caterer. In 2021, he released a pair of lockdown-inspired albums, Hideout Sessions and The Space Sessions. Um, those are available through Pravda Records. You can check Spoking Pope's uh, website um, to check out some shows that are coming up in the spring and some festivals. Very warm welcome. Chicago legendary band, Smoking Pope's Josh Caterer. Hello, everyone. My name is Joshua Cran Caterer. That middle name, Cran, was my dad's first name. It wasn't short for anything, just Cran, C-R-A-N. Some people have the last name Cran, but as a first name, it's very unusual. In fact, I looked it up on namestats.com, and it said this. Based on the analysis of 100 years of data from the Social Security Administration's baby name database, the estimated population of people named Cran is zero. (laughs) So it's just about as unusual a name as as a name can be. And it's one of the things I inherited from my father, Cran Caterer, who passed away 11 years ago at the age of 64. Some of the other things I inherited from him include a desire to be left alone, a distaste for being told what to do, and a deep and contagious love of music. Some of my earliest first family memories are of my brothers and I crowding around our dad in the living room while he tried to play Bob Seger tunes out of a songbook that he had purchased, fumbling for the notes on his nylon-stringed guitar. He wasn't a particularly gifted musician, but his passion for it was enough to light a spark in his sons that would uh, become a torch we would carry through our whole lives. Recently, I was out to dinner with my wife, And she asked me, what do you miss most about your dad? Um, I had a really hard time uh, coming up with an answer to that question. Not because I don't miss my dad, it's just that we didn't end up having the kind of relationship that would make it easy for me to have a quick answer to that question. Our relationship was complicated, not horrible, but strained. Cran Caterer was a very reserved man. Not shy or insecure at all, just profoundly self-contained. A true introvert who could be very difficult to connect with, which is why I always thought it was interesting he would choose a career that demanded a lot of personal interaction. He became a salesman for the Dow Corning Pharmaceutical Company. 
and he was very successful at it, but it required tremendous effort for him to push through the walls of his own introverted nature in order to do that job. So he was always struggling against himself. If you went into his home office there in the basement of 29 Echo Hill in Lake in the Hills, Illinois, where we lived in the 80s when I was in high school, you would find the shelves lined with self-help books focused on psychology, human nature, and personality types. Things with titles like How to Deal with Difficult People. He read these books not out of curiosity, but out of necessity, almost out of self-defense, in order to equip himself to be able to handle interacting with people all the time, because it did not come naturally to him. I spent a lot of time in that office, because it was the only place in the house where you could be on the phone and get any privacy. So if you wanted to call your girlfriend, for example, dad's office was the place to be. And uh, actually, I'm remembering something about the office. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go off script for just a minute here, and I have to tell you this. On the desk in the office was a, a stapler, a black stapler with a strip of white uh, masking tape on top on which was written, Cran Caterer. <laughs> and this was consistent with his habit of labeling things uh, all over the house, which I, I still have some of these items in my possession. Uh, just last week, I was using a hammer with a wooden ham- handle that has CC written in Sharpie on it. Uh, there is a tackle box with CC written on it in Sharpie. Um, a step ladder. On one of the rungs is written caterer. It was as if he thought all of his possessions were going to be stolen. Someone was going to try to sell them on the black market, and the only way to prevent that was to label them clearly. He would also, if I can digress, he had this great uh, record collection. He had like a couple of hundred LPs. And uh, I have a lot of those. But he would buy them and, and listen to them. And on, on the back, he would write little notes about which songs he liked. If he liked it, next to the song title, an up arrow. <laughs> and he would make little observations like, uh, you know, fast. <laughs> so he was fastidious. And his handwriting was like a personality unto itself around the house. So back to the office. On the wall above the desk, there was a bulletin board covered with post-it notes filled with his neat little handwriting. Uh, Some of these notes had inspirational quotes on them from the books he was reading. Some of them had jokes on them. He would actually watch The Tonight Show with pen and paper in hand and take notes during Johnny Carson's monologue so that he could memorize those jokes and use them as icebreakers in his sales calls. This was Cran Caterer, ladies and gentlemen. And then there were the to-do lists of projects and personal goals, one of which in particular I will never forget and I want to tell you about. I was probably a sophomore in high school when I saw this 
I was there on the phone with my girlfriend as usual, casually looking up at these yellow square sticky notes up there. And I saw one with a bullet pointed list on it that said things like finish sanding the deck, winterize the catamaran. But one of the bullet points simply said, spend quality time with Josh. Oh, yeah. I was floored. I didn't quite know how to feel about that, but it, it was, I found it very arresting and surreal uh, to see my entire relationship with my dad sort of boiled down to this five-word bullet point, a kind of written confession from him that our relationship was not quite what it could be, that he wanted to do something about it, but he didn't know exactly what so he added it to this list of projects that he would eventually get to. I couldn't help but notice that there were no bullet points for any other members of the family. I had been singled out. <laughs> Why is that? Because everyone else in the family was more extroverted than I was. And for an introvert, as any introverts know, it's easier to be around more outgoing people who will draw you out of yourself both my brothers had been blessed with our mom's outgoing social skills, so they could do some of that heavy lifting in a conversation. I, on the other hand, inherited every ounce of my father's introversion, so I had the same walls up around me that he did. I was, in fact, so exactly like him that we hardly knew what to say to each other. This is how I earned my place on his project list. And as the years went on, I would see him making these attempts at one-on-one -on -one connection with me. Let's watch a movie together. Uh, let's have lunch together next week. So we would do these things, and it would always be somewhat awkward, the conversation strained. But the fact that he kept trying always told me that he was still hoping to get that bullet point crossed off of that list Later in life, I would find that the walls around me would seem to disappear when I played music in front of people. That music allowed me to project myself into the world in a way that I could kind of control and feel good about. It gave me a sense of connection that I couldn't otherwise find. Maybe that's what sales did for my dad. I can picture him in a conference room somewhere giving a prepared presentation to a group of clients with his, peppered with Carson jokes. <laughs> and if it's going really well, maybe he feels something like what I have felt on stage at places like the Metro. Like I'm finally in my element comfortable in my own skin, where I'm supposed to be. Maybe being a salesman didn't create an internal struggle for him. Maybe it relieved one. I don't know. We never talked about it. Like most people, I tried pretty hard to differentiate myself from my parents when I was young, only to discover when I'm older that I embody one or both of them in ways that are undeniable and somewhat bittersweet. The older I get, the more I feel as though my dad and I actually knew each other a lot better than we were able to articulate in words. 
when I was 15, I thought we had nothing in common. Now that I'm 50 and he's gone, I think of us more like former cellmates <laughs> who kept trying to dig our way out and we never quite made it, but the mutual struggle created a permanent wordless bond between us. So back to my wife's question, what do I miss most about my dad? I guess I miss knowing that there's a person in this world who is just as difficult to connect with as I am, and somewhere he's got a post-it note with my name on it. Like the pine trees lining the winding road, I got a name. I got a name. Like the singing bird and the croaking toad, I got a name. I got a name. And I carry it with me like my daddy did. But I'm living the dream that he kept here. Moving me down the highway, rolling me down the highway, moving ahead so life won't pass me by. Like the north wind whistling down the sky, I've got a sound.
The First Time is hosted by Jen Sedini, with production by Bobby Evers, Andy Vasoyan, and Executive Director Julie Miller. The podcast is edited by Andy Vasoyan and Jen Rourke, with songs performed by The First Time 3. You can find this and other Chirp podcasts and interviews at chirpradio.org slash podcasts.